One more time, we welcome you to the presence of the Lord and to his faithfulness. Amen. Amen. The word of God carries the blessings of the Lord and this same word shall have entrance into your heart this morning. And it shall do exceedingly great things in your life. He said, and the word of God increased tremendously and prevailed. This same word shall prevail against every contrary force working against your life and destiny. In the name of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Now on Friday, Saturday into Friday, um, Friday we, we talked about Jesus returning from the wilderness full of power. He went to the wilderness filled with the Holy Ghost. But he came back from the wilderness to Galilee full of the power of the Spirit. And so I said, in the course of the, of the waiting, the 40 days, he was brewing and allowing the power of the Holy Ghost to be released into his life and into his ministry. We are born of the Lord, born of the Spirit. We are filled with the Holy Ghost. Yet life appears to be like normal. Now, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you are not normal. So if everybody is okay with you because you are normal, you need to go and check where you have put the Spirit of God. Some of us, we have built cages and we have put him in over there. We determine what must happen and we ask him to, to, not to approve. We inform him. This is where we want to go. But when Jesus subjected his flesh to the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God took over and the power of God now began to rub on him in a different dimension. Was he a sinner? No. But God allowed him to come in the human form and go through the things that human beings go through and yet remain victorious and full of heaven's glory said that we also who are born of him will be able to operate in that way. If he had come in here as God with all his majesty and the glory we wouldn't have anything to learn from him. The Bible says he took upon him the form of a man and he put on him the garments of a servant and he tuned himself up to be obedient to the father at all times and serve without complaining. He was setting a standard for as many as who believe in him to follow. The way to live as a believer is to subject this your body, put it under. Paul says, I put my body under. Put it under subjection. So that in the process of giving testimonies and preaching and teaching, I may not become a castaway. 
So it becomes very crucial for us to make sure that we tame this body. This body. The body is causing us a lot of challenges. And it is time for us to make sure we don't allow the flesh to interfere in the flow of God's blessings over our lives. And that's one of the major reasons why we are into what we are doing now. And it's just, it's just terrific. Now, when Jesus came out of the wilderness after the fast, went to Galilee, and he went to the city of Nazareth, and he went to their synagogue. We explained what synagogue is on Friday. If you want to have a little understanding of it, we didn't go very deep into it. You, you look for the message. Praise God. And he went to this, this synagogue, the Bible says, as his custom was. It was his habit to go to church. It was what? His habit to go to church. So make it your habit. Stop all those excuses. When you, you, if you love excuses, you will have them plenty. Plenty, I'm telling you, plenty. There will always be a reason why you may decide not to go. But when you place this gathering of the saints above those things that you think are good, you will always be there. When you absent yourself, they will say, oh, we know him or we know her. Something very serious must have happened. It was his habit. So he went in there, and as it was also the custom, uh, the way they treated itinerant ministers, it's not like now that you, 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 can be, you can visit a church, they may not even recognize you. They won't acknowledge you. Well, personally, it doesn't matter to me at all. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't. That's not my problem at all. I don't. If I don't preach for one year, it doesn't mean anything to me. You know why? I love talking to people one-on-one -on -one to show them what God's word is saying. If I have three people, four people, we sit down and we are talking, I am in my elements. So I'm not pooping crazy or crazy. Could talk. Eloquence is not anointing. <laughs> Did you hear me? Eloquence is never anointing. It is not. It's amazing. They gave him the scroll of Isaiah the prophet. And he found, that means he knew where he was going to, what he was going to read. He had the guidance of the Holy Ghost. He found a place that is Isaiah 61. And he read. But curiously, he read chapter, verse 1 and read a part of verse 2. And then he handed over the scroll. We talk about it on Friday. And I made a statement. He knew his limits. So I advise everyone who was here that day, know your limits. You are giving five minutes prayer time, do your five minutes. It is time to sing, don't come and pray. Sing. It is time to preach, 
go to your preaching. They give you time, go by it. Your limits. He read and then stopped and handed over. And I'd like us to read that one from Isaiah 61. We were reading Luke chapter 4 on that day from verse 40. What I've been talking about now is from verse 14. But we are reading Isaiah chapter 61. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach. Take note of that word because. The reason why the spirit of the Lord came upon him was that he has been anointed, assigned to, set apart to. He has been appointed by God for an assignment. That was why the Holy Ghost came upon him. The coming upon is different from the spirit within. We've had time to talk about that one before. The Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. That's the gospel. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. The opening of the prisons to those who are what? Bound. But no one funny thing. The prison doors are open. The chains are broken. But there are people are still sitting down in the prison room. There's a certain time in the year they tie goats. All these animals, where they won't eat. They won't eat from the gardens around the houses. They tie them for six months. And be cutting, you know, they'll be feeding them, giving them some herbs and things like that to eat. At the end of the six months, when you untie them, they will still be standing there. They will be operating within the same radius that they had before. Their thinking was that the rope was still there, but the rope was not. How do you help that you just give a whip? And then it goes beyond the that circle. And that's it. It's liberated. There are some of us here who have been set free, but do not see the freedom. This morning, we'll push you beyond your limits. So you know that you are free. It's very interesting. Several years ago, I had a snake bite. I was in Form 1 in secondary school. And I went on admission for some days. So for five days, they were giving me drip. It's not the one that you are seeing now. It was bottle, big bottle like that. I was in bed. After the drip, that was when I got down for the first time in six days. As soon as my feet touched the ground, I fell. You know why? I had lost balance. I think the doctor should be able to tell us better. I was not accustomed to bed. Needed to learn how to stand on the ground, on the floor, and now walk. That is how the human system works. You give yourself a particular habit. After a while, even when they say you are delivered, you are still not so. 
They told me I was free from everything. There was no nothing there in my body, but I stepped on a stick. After I'd been set free, on a stick, and the stick hit my heel, and I started screaming. Snake has beaten me. There is always a force that comes by the spirit when you allow him to push you beyond your comfort zone. You carry some grace of God that you don't know it is there. But when this flesh goes down, you begin to see that there is something on your inside that makes you more profitable than what you ever knew yourself to be. I, I want to be seeing some dimension of that grace manifestation in our lives after now in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, the verse 2, the first part of it, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he stopped at that point. The year of liberty. The year of salvation. The era of freedom from the oppression of the enemy. What he came to do was to go to the cross and deal with the question of sin and set us free. As many as believed in him, he gave them the power to become what? The sons of God. Even as many as believe on his name. Many that received him. Receiving him is that you receive his message and his person. And then what the message does will now be seen in your life. A transformation took place in their lives. The day you accepted Christ Jesus, you changed location. You were translated from the power of darkness, that zone, and brought the kingdom of his own dear son, Jesus Christ. And now you became a master over the devil. But because he has been oppressing us for a long time, we are not even too sure if we have power over him. So he, he is now thriving on ignorance and inertia of the believers. We are not moving. And he is thriving on that one. He makes you think that he is there, but he is not. He is one very hopeless person. Powerless. Shambach says he's a toothless dog. He cannot. He can only bark, but he cannot bite. But the barking alone is enough to put somebody down under his, uh, his, uh, his bed for the next 10 years. Jesus said something. He read and stopped. And then what follows is where our emphasis is for today and for the week ahead of us. All through the, the next, beginning from tomorrow, all the way to the next Sunday, what follows are the things we'll be looking at. But one particular thing that I need to mention and then make a statement about is what follows immediately. And the day of vengeance of our God. The day of vengeance of our God has two prophetic considerations. The now and the time when he will return. Now that we believe in him and we are sons of God, 
it is time for vengeance against every work of the enemy. Every work. Everything the devil has done in your life, it is time for vengeance. It is time for recovery. It is time for recouping. This is a scripture that God used to cause some confusion one day when I was ministering somewhere in Obuasi. The day of the vengeance of the Lord. The moment I announced it, like I'm announcing now, things began to happen. The devil had tried to put me in shame. I was running the program four days, and he tried to put me in shame on Friday into Saturday. I became so, my spirit was dampened. And it was just that God wanted to comfort me. I had prepared a message, a teaching, a very lengthy one, to go and instruct people. But when I got there, he said, declare my vengeance. And he said, announce it. It was a very serious issue. And he put a song in my mouth to sing. And the lady who was leading a team of singers, he put the same song in her mouth. And she took a step. She wanted to tell me that the Lord was giving her a song. And as soon as she spoke, I said, that is what he told me. Then she began the song. And I announced the day of the vengeance of the Lord. And what happened in that place was amazing. Now, it gave me an understanding of this scripture. When Jesus shall return, there shall be total revenge or total vengeance against the enemy. But now, because we are in him and we are not under the control of the devil, we have the capacity, the anointing, the grace, and the power to take back the things that he has stolen. You take your things what? Back. And you will do that this morning. Whatever he has stolen from you, whatever he has delayed in your life, the age of delay has come to an end. It is now time for you to recover what belongs to you. And you will take it. We are in the season of the vengeance of the Lord. That's where we are. He said to comfort all that mourn. That's surely the work of the Holy Ghost. So beginning from that point where Jesus ended, it's now the work of the Holy Ghost. He's called the comforter. He came to comfort us. He came to bring to bear the decisions of the heavenly authorities. Enforcing what God has said. Enforcing what Christ has done for us. That is why he came. And that's the reason why anytime you allow him in your life, he takes you to realms that your strength can never reach. And you become an amazement to yourself. You begin to ask, is it me? Yeah, it is you. It is you in the body, but there's a spirit at work in you that is making you do the extraordinary. Indeed, anointing is the smearing, smearing, putting over coating your body with the oil of the Lord. You anoint yourself. So the anointing of God comes upon a person like a garment. 
and then it's from inside so it is inside and out inside and out that is the reason why you may have a, a dress on and somebody touches your dress and something's happening to the person it's on your body and my little my little knowledge and experience this kind of fast we are entering into from tomorrow the water fast it's a major instrument to bring that in about. Franklin Hall calls it the body felt anointing. The body felt anointing. That's how he puts it. What happened? What did they see about Paul? That they were now picking things from his body and things were happening. What did they see? There was something on their body. So the anointing is on you and the anointing is in you. It's in you because the Holy Ghost is at work on your inside. And the anointing is on you because he has come upon you. It's a garment. It's something we must covet. We must do what? Covet. Covetousness is evil, but that one is a good, a good thing. It's a covet endlessly. The best gifts. Covet it. Have a strong desire to have. But let me say this one. Don't ever think of power for money. I'm not saying the power to make you wealthy, but power you sell. The power you do what? You sell. So let me spend time before the Lord. Let me fast. And you go into heavy fastings for some anointing so that you can make some money. That's the reason why many, 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 many of these men who have spent time fasting because their motive is wrong, they don't last, they crash. Unfortunately, I'm not saying this because you are here. I'm saying this generally among believers in our present age. You have your place where you go for teaching and you have your prophet somewhere. But when we finish now, some of you go to your prophets. Let them tell you something about your future. A child of God who does not know his future is one who is still a sinner. You know your future again. In case you don't know, let me tell you your future. The day you got born again, you came into a new land, and that land is called Christ. That is your habitation. You came to live in him. Whatever he carries is what belongs to you. So what future are you looking for again? He is no future. He is now. You enter into him. You are in the now era. Things happen because they must happen. They must happen. Laziness won't allow believers... To go and drink deeper and deeper into God's word and walk in the light of the spirit, but we want already cooked issues. So, prophet, are you seeing anything? Consultation fee you paid 500 Ghana cities or 50 cities in the list. When you come to church, your offering is five. After a lot of appeal and and some staring. It may get to about 20. But now you go, you carry, you carry 500 as offering. 
It's not that like we are raising funds. It's an offering. That's how you decided in your house, I'm going to give the Lord 500. Some can go to 100. But it becomes your habit to give God that kind of huge amount. But when we go to the prophets, we drop the money before seeing him. Before doing what? It's a pity. It's a pity. That you sit down at the feet of the Lord and you are taught the word of God and the rest is for you to act on that that responsibility. You don't want to do it. So you now go through for somebody who will tell you something. One woman walked to my office one time and said, uh, are you seeing something? I said, I'm seeing. She asked me, what are you? I said, I'm seeing you. I'm seeing you. Who else must I see? Are you not the only one with me here? I'm seeing you. You want me to see your mother's sister? Because it's not mothers, it's their sisters. It's not your own mother, it is your stepmother. It's your, your father's brother. It is one old woman in the corner somewhere, trusting God for food. That's the man causing the trouble for you. That's what they will tell you. Why are they seeing coffins almost all the time and don't see liftings? Why? Why are they talking about death and not life? Are you not disturbed by this trend that every time you go, there's one wicked revelation wicked revelation or the other that will tie you to them if you don't stay with them you are finished you are lucky that you came this hour i'm sorry great man like you would have been gone you have been gone the spirit of god is in you because you are born of the spirit the spirit of god comes upon you because you have subdued the flesh and when it comes upon you, it makes things to happen in strange dimensions. It is our responsibility to create room for the Holy Ghost. Let's create room for him. Let's allow him to have a home in us, not a house. Did you hear what I said? Yes, sir. Let him have a home in us and not a house. Husbands who don't have homes and wives who don't have homes will understand what I'm talking about. That you go out to work, it is time to go home and you only remember you have a house. So you have to now locate one clubhouse somewhere to go and sit down and play tennis when you don't want to play and while away time and start drinking when you have refused to drink. Why? Because there's no home. But those who have homes, as soon as work is over, they, they go straight with excitement. And when they get in there, they know they're at home. There's a wife to receive them. There's a husband to welcome them. But when you have a boxer in your house, you have a horn bearer, someone bearing horns, ready to choke your stomach. You don't go there. You go round. Petrol is expensive, but you don't care. It's better for me to wander around and go there late. Let me get there by 10 o'clock or 11. And then go straight to the bathhouse, clean myself up, and then go to bed. At least I may enjoy myself in dreams. <laughs> Let him have a home in you and not a house. 
Submit yourself to the Holy Ghost. Because there is much more he knows that you don't know about. Jesus said, but when he comes, he said, I have a lot to tell you, but you cannot bear it. But when he, the Holy Spirit, the second man, the one of my kind, when he comes, he will lead you into all truth. And he will remind you of the things that I have taught you. He will show you the things that are in the chambers of God, the Father. But when he comes, we reduce him to tongue speaking. To what? Tongue speaking. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them the beauty for what? Ashes. A total transformation. Changing your situations. Making you come to terms with the new place where you belong. When Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, when they were still children of God, they didn't lack any good thing. No good thing. There was no heat in that place. Neither was there cold over there. The atmosphere was just the best per time. But the day they turned their backs to God, they saw what sweat was. Human just pushed away the glory of God and went for leaves to cover himself. Can you imagine that? Leaves in place of glory. That is how we came into the ashes situation. But the Holy Ghost will bring you, will take you from where? From the ashes where? Beauty. And clothe the garment of praise. That you are not moved by any situation in life. You are always praising him. Always praising the Lord. In the midst of challenges, you are praising him. Those three young men over there, the Old Testament saints. In Babylon. They were inside the fire. And they were singing. And they were dancing. Hallelujah. They did not lack any good thing. But when they turned their backs, why do you see glory and you want to suffer? Why do you see peace and you say, I'm for war? Why do you look at your father dangling something very precious before you and you say, my friend is calling me? My what? rebellious attitude there's something i've been saying oh i always say it's not very popular because there are people who know a lot of theology they have so much insight they may dismiss what i have said but i keep on saying it amen i keep on saying it the garden of eden is here to be located there have been so many theories. They talk about where the, those rivers are and they say, okay, so the thing was around here. You've not seen anything. There was a river in my town, my village. In those days, you had to cross that river before you go to school. Now the river has left that path and the river is spreading around destroying people's houses. It is working underneath. That river. To the stream, you have to cross it. So if they tell you to show where that thing was, you can't. But you may see the impact of the river somewhere. 
It doesn't mean that's the place. I've read they said the Euphrates is somewhere there. That was where it was. But in my little understanding, by revelation that I got, when they sinned and God locked up the place, he rolled the garden back into his wisdom. Then anyone that decided to walk with him, he gave them access to the garden to enjoy the abundance that existed in Eden. And you see scriptures talking about the garden of the Lord, the garden of the Lord, all through like that in the Old Testament until Christ came. When he came, he became the habitation for many that believe in him. In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. The totality of our comfort is in Christ. Our abundance is in, in Christ. Whatever they call peace is in Christ. Whatever brings joy is in Christ. It is Christ that is everything to us. It is only in him who have the key to enjoy the garden until we finally get to where we are supposed to be. And you have Christ. And you are still staying outside. You have who? Christ. We like talking about the prodigal son. We, we talk about him with some, some contempt and uh, we accuse him of irresponsibility. And we, 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 we barely look at ourselves to see how much we resemble him. How much we resemble the polygamy in New Testament fashion. Because that which is here, he said, no, I want to be here. That's a political attitude. Put it here and say, no, I want it to be here, to be there. This is where I want it to be. Oh. So we want to enjoy what we don't have. And so people now begin to give us what doesn't exist. And that's what we go for. The promise you have in the do, do you know that all these... Um, all these financial institutions that were giving double money and the rest of them, that later collapsed and it became a challenge, it became a political issue. You know, many, many believers are there. You know, many, 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 many politicians were there. People of high level in society, they were all there. They lost their sense of reasoning. It was just to get money. That was all. That's the prodigal attitude. And when disaster struck, they were looking for who to blame. They went on their own. Some of them didn't even tell their wives. Some of the men didn't tell their wives about it. I'm telling you. A pastor spoke with me. He said, he said Bishop, my wife doesn't know what I'm going to tell you. And I said, talk to me. He put his money somewhere. Not just his money or church money also went there. Because they needed money for something very important. And that place was a genuine one. It's not, it's not. It's a, but one day, it's in the You know, when all these foreign lines, they deceive you. You know this was your office. Hmm? You came here yesterday. <laughs> yesterday you came to this place. The office was there. Everybody, where they were sitting, everything. As soon as we left in the evening, before they closed, they changed the entire place and turned the place up into another, another thing altogether. 
with a different signpost. Everlasting Jesus Saloon. Beauty parlor. And then when you get there, you lift up your eyes. Everlasting Jesus Beauty. But I was here yesterday. The doors, everything changed. You knock on the door, you open, you see different things altogether. With some pictures of ladies with their big hair and all the rest of it. Where am I? Is this street not Lagos Avenue? It is. But I was here yesterday. I said, no, 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 no. No, you were not here yesterday. This is a beauty parlor. No, it's a financial. What is the financial thing that you're talking about? My friend, get out, don't disturb us. They chase you out. You become a fool. Your father's house is there. And you are a servant in somebody else's house. You, it is what they, 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 when they eat, what is left is what you take. Your father's house, you have a table and you have your seat there. No. That is their prodigious attitude. Jesus came to turn the things around. So you no more mourn. But you enjoy the beauty and the praise of the Lord. Every time praising him, every time excited. They say the economy is bad. He said, glory to God. So, uh, we are saying the, economy, the inflation has gone high. You say, hallelujah. You know why? You have an understanding that in your house, there is no inflation. In your house, there is no inflation. So you can't understand why they are talking about inflation. In your house, there is nothing like that. The food supply has never gone down. When you sit at table, different levels, cost one, cost two, cost three, cost four, cost five, you say, I'm tired. I'm tired. Don't we like this one? Why do we want to be paupers? When we are set aside by God to be people of wealth, and ministering to the world. Why? Why are you going after somebody's rags? Have you ever seen a dead body with good cloth? I know you will say yes. Because they put suits and all those things on them. Hmm? They put on them. When they put on them and they cover the, 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 the box, if you like, after 40 minutes, when the sun is on duty, go and open the thing and you will see whether the, the cloth you put on that person is what is there. The same suit, but change color because of what is emitting, coming out from that body. And that's the kind of thing that we go for because they look so nice. You pull your garment of glory, put it down, and then you go and pick one, one. This one's not even Ben Down Boutique. This one's Enter Pit Boutique. For how long shall it continue? It is time to come back home. It is time to come to terms with what Christ has done for your life. And embrace it. And shout it loud, as we shall do this morning. 
we are going to enter into a moment of prayer. It is just that you are speaking what you have and taking over the things that belong to you. We can't continue to be slaves when indeed we are kings and priests. We can't continue to always think that evil is about happening when great things are ahead of us. We can't continue to grope about in darkness when we live in light and we have light on our inside. We can't. He came to turn things around for us. Look at some fantastic thing here. The oil of joy for mourning, garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord, that God himself might be glorified. I'm taking you to a place. One man of God said, this is a social, the social impact of the Holy Ghost. And I love that one. And they shall build the old ways. The sons of God are the ones who bring about manifestations to help situations around. Your entire generation, your entire family, they check from your great-great-grandfather and all the story is nothing but doom. Woe. Gloom. And God has appointed you, he has appointed me to bring an end to that era of lack and want. That era of failure. That era of abortion. When I say abortion, let no woman be offended here. I'm not talking about women aborting children. I'm talking about abortions in life. Miscarriages. The projects you go into before you know it's come to a standstill. You had all the money, but just cannot account for the money. You know how the money left. And that's how it has been like that. Two steps forward, five backwards. So when they tell you stories, your great-great-grandfather, Ishak, this is what happened to him. And his son, Abdul, it's what happened to him. And then the son, the grandson, changed to become a Christian. And he was called Matthew John. This is how he ended. And so the son said, okay, my father had just two, two Christian names. Let me add another one. So Paul Matthew John. His case even was worse. And then they ask you, what difference are you going to make? What, what? I am not moved by what I see and what they tell me. I'm moved by the spirit of God. What he says in the word. So nobody ever made it. You say that is the last one that happened. I have come to make a difference. Indeed, you are the one to build the old waste. And to give your family a new look. Freshness. That's what we'll be called to do. To bring all those, all those, all those stories of, of pity and agony and gloom, bring them to an end and start a new phase. So your children, 
will continue from where you stopped. And by the time you give yourself 10 years, the whole system has changed. Overhauling. This one's overhauling. This one is it's overhauling. We are removing all their parts and put new ones. It's not pan everything. You are the one to make a difference in your family. You are the one to make a difference in your nation. You are the one. One day they brought a young girl and they said she was the first, um, uh, the, the youngest female pilot. Do you think that the, the members of the family, except the witches and wizards, wouldn't they be happy? Wouldn't they be exhausted? When that woman appears in their hometown, the age issue is already gone. Adults will get out for her to sit down. Why? She has made a difference. She has become the one that is wiping away their tears. That is what God intended for us in Christ. That your family will look at you and forget their past. Forget all the agony. They look at you and they say, God has visited us. That's what they want to see. They shall build the old waste. And they will raise up the former desolations. Desolations. They will raise up. Put up structures. Come up with great impact everywhere. The family that was known to be an evil family now begins to get a new name. Why must it be a retrogression instead of progression? And they shall repair the waste cities. The desolations of many generations. The future of your the destiny of your family, of your community, that of your town, the rest on your shoulders. So the entire creation, as far as that place is concerned, is looking at it. They are groaning, waiting for your manifestation. And yet you look at yourself and you belittle yourself. What can I offer? Do you know what you carry? You carry the Holy Ghost. You know who, what you carry? You have the entirety of the Godhead on your inside. And he said, you are complete in him. Let us have this consciousness. So we can always allow the Holy Ghost to lead and guide us. And we'll give him room to operate and change the system. The place where you are working, the Holy Ghost can use to set a standard, a new standard, a new standard. A new standard. So when they are talking about the company, they mention your name. So we're enjoying some progress until God sent somebody here. They mention your name. The year he came, everything turned around. And our friends, we are on the, among the top five. Top what? The man may leave the place, he may die and go, but the name will still be there. He has made a mark. Leave some footprints behind. Leave what? Some footprints behind. Don't just pass and go. Leave some footprints behind. One of my elder sisters said something. He said, ever since you became a pastor, our family has changed. We are now having pastors springing forth from the home. Previously, it was academicians. Book. Now I'm getting pastors here and there. All over the place. I didn't think about it that way until she spoke. 
Somebody will call your name and say, the day brother so and so prayed for us, everything in this home changed. That's what we are talking about here. You become the hope of that place. A couple gave birth to a child. At the naming ceremony, the military money that came in, they started a chemist shop. And now they have pharmaceutical shops. It was, it was, it was outdooring of the child. So that child now became the seeker of the family. But you are more than that. One good thing. And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. Talking about some superior favor. Some what? Superior favor. And the sons of the aliens shall, shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But you shall be named the priest of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. And in their glory shall you boast yourselves. The riches of the Gentiles. Can we have Revelations 1 verse 5 and 6? And after that we'll go to Isaiah 60. 5 to 7, 10 to 11, and then 40 and verse 2. And I'll be, I'll be winding up. And from Jesus Christ, the firstborn from the dead. And the ruler of all, over the kings of the earth. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Yes, go ahead. And has made us, what? Kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. And you say, Amen. Priests and kings. Revelation chapter 5, verse 9 and 10. Sorry. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. So when you came to Jesus, you entered the family of priests and kings. Because of that, your nobility decides that Gentiles should come and serve you. Gentiles, those who have not born again. We were all Gentiles in the eyes of the Jews. If you are a Jew, you are a Gentile. It doesn't matter how rich your nation is. That's their own understanding. You cannot change them. They have not changed till now. So you cannot, you are not the one who will change them. Now, so we, we have entered into God's own bracket as priests and kings. We belong to the order of David and the order of Melchizedek. David was a priest, a prophet, and a king. Wonderful man. All right. Now, he said, you eat the riches of the Gentiles. There is one book, a little, a small book like that, talking about a transfer, the final transfer of wealth. Either it's by A. A. Allen, or one of these old timers. It's a small, very small book. The final transfer. The final transfer. 
of riches. And by the apostolation, the prophecies they gave at that time, we are in that season. We are not going to rob, but there will be a flow. There will be what? A flow. Where will the flow come from? It will come from within. For in the garden, inside the earth of the garden, gold and every precious thing was there. God put it there for a purpose. In Christ, every good thing you are thinking about is there. It is just for our submission. It is just for us to pull this body down and allow the spirit of God to be at work with our spirit. And things will begin to happen. That's how you gain speed. You gain what? Speed. The dimension of insight that you receive in God's word when you go into some moment of waiting on the Lord, if you have watched it, it's amazing. The kind of understanding you have in God's word changes. Why? Because there is a force now at work. It takes you deeper and deeper into God's word. Very deep. But stay away from God's word for a while. And then engage yourself with eating. One full chicken here with some balls of uh, banku or from fufu and all that. And then in the evening, some heavy rice with all manna. All manna. The next morning, it is pork. Pepper soup. Pig, pig dominated pepper soup. And then you keep on eating and sleeping, eating and sleeping. When you carry God's word like this, The superiority, the superiority of um, of um, their speech. Your eyes are open, but your eyes are not seen. And even when you read, no understanding, because the balls of Kenke and the Banku with their chicken bones have blocked the avenue. But when you set yourself apart, singing praise and worshiping him, and then studying his word, and studying his word, he says it's time to eat. He said later. You may even say you're fasting later. When I'm ready to eat, I'll let you know. One day will pass. When I'm ready to eat, I'll let you know. The second day will pass. And the third day, and they begin to ask you, are you fasting? You say no. When I'm ready to eat, I will tell you. I'm not fasting, but I'm not eating. Something else has engaged me. And you begin to enjoy the joy in the world. And begin to partake of the peace in the world. And when you cough, it is the word. When you speak, it is the word. When you look at somebody in the face, the word is speaking to that person. Because you are saturated with the word of God. Hallelujah. You don't like this one? Eh? You don't like this one? Hey, you may not have money in your pocket, but you are not moved by that one. Because when the need arises, it will come. The supply will surely come. It will come from one Gentile. One Gentile. I told you when we were building church somewhere in Nigeria, 
and the members decided to stay at home. We're building, they decided to stay at home because they didn't want to spend money. And a few of us were doing it. And then I said, one allergy passed, and he saw us. Are you building God's house? We said, yes. So people have done well. Continue. Continue. The man went. After a short while, one truck, this double kind of thing came with stones, followed by cement and iron rods. And all they said there was one allergy. They mentioned the name. We never knew. In fact, I had never seen that man before. A Gentile. He saw the house of God. The saints refused to contribute their little to it. But this man came and took almost all the blessing. Almost all the blessing. And you think God will not bless that person? He will. But his wealth is kept for us. Yet we have refused to qualify for it. His wealth is kept for us. It is time for us to allow this season to bring the change we are looking for. Hallelujah. Well, you have time, just read Isaiah 40, verse 5 to 7, and then verse 10 to 11. And one wonderful thing that I love to read every time. For your shame, ye shall have double. For what? For your shame. For all the evil the devil has caused is you. He said, you shall have what? For confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess the double. Where? So when we are talking about double portion, don't sit down there. You're not working. There's no land upon which you are going to have your double. You must be engaged. You must what? You must be engaged. Do something. Do something. The house we live in, when we got there, they, were, they talk about grass. I talk about food. So put plantain there. We have chopped three. They come in season, so we are chopping. There's one, one um, pepper. I have not seen this kind before. Who we'll harvest and will still produce. Who we'll harvest. So that, it is there, one small thing like that, and just producing. Contumere, you know what contumere is? Yes, sir. Cocoyam leaves. Yes. Have them there. I have bedu in the house. I have spinach there. I have dandelion there. I have moringa in that place. In your land, that small place, bitter leaf. Now you see. It's so much of a joy. You get out from your room and then you go to pick pepper from that place. It's so, it's so refreshing. But it is your land. The work you are doing. That little table. That table with one of, um, of sugar, uh, two things, okay, three things of milk arranged in this style. Two, on, two down, one on top. Eh? And then some hacks and some all these things, much more, and some granites. You know, roasted granules like that. But they are there, about 17 items on, on one small table. And now you sit behind. And you sit behind that one. And you are blowing tongues. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. So whatsoever I lay my hands upon the beach shall prosper. 
Lord, prosper this business, prosper this business. And then they pass all the kiosks, all these, all the, all these other those, those posh areas, and they come to your, your sun reading shop. That's where they come to. And they pick. And they give you money. At the end of the day, you count your money. And you are excited. And you give glory to God. And you pay your tithe. The next day, it is there. Your table now doubles. And before you know, you raise some pillars here, I mean some poles, and then you put some little roof over there. And you are going. And before you know, you have a kiosk there. Before you know, one container, and everything is going on. In their land, they shall have double. You are selling Gary, and somebody comes. Can you get me a bag of Gary? But all that you are selling is one, one, one uh, basin of Gary that you are selling on these small, small cups like that. Can you get me a bag of? He said, I can. In your land, that little place, you shall have double. So you now go to look for where you can get a bag. And the next time he said, Can we have four bags? He said, No problem. Just give me two hours. You go and buy and add something on top and come and give it to them. The next time they will come, they will meet a bigger shop. And before we know, you have started packaging Gary for export. Yes, in your land, you shall have what? Double. Double. Don't ever call your business small business. Don't say that again in your life. Don't ever despise your little beginnings. Your small beginnings, don't despise them. Don't. Are you going to work? Mm. Which work? It's just one, two, three sardines. Okay, okay. Three sardines. Yes, if somebody comes to buy all the three, what will you do? Won't you buy another one and put there? If somebody comes and buys everything. I told you about one boy. He had one, a hand amputated. I will drive past shops and go to his place to go and buy provisions. Why? I was just happy that he wasn't ashamed. And would you go begging that he was doing that one? His name was Yakubu. And the guy kept on selling. He expanded the table and then had a small kiosk. And so they were doing construction. They were, they were widening the road make, to make it a dual carriageway. And they had to pull down all those kiosks there. And they built some shops. And walking distance from that place. And Yakubu was able to get two of those shops. Two of what? Those shops. I had left the, the state, I had come to Ghana. I went on a visit and I said, let me go look for my friend. So I went to ask and they told me he was over there. And I went there. He is now the manager of the two. So he supervises and others are doing the work. His hand is still the same. He is not a Christian. But on his land, God gave him double. If he gave him double, then why can't God give you much more than a double? For you to say in this present Ghana you have no work, please examine it again. You have not gotten what you want to do. Great. But do something. Do what? Whatever your vision is, you, it will come to pass. But be doing something. Everyone that Jesus called to follow him, he was busy working. They were busy working. He called them from their post. The only person I don't know about was, was uh, Judas. I don't know what the work he was doing before he was called. Iscariot, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing, sincerely. I have tried and tried, I've not seen what, what he was doing. If anybody knows, let me know. 
Now you see, but Peter, James, John, Matthew was a hack collecting tax. He was cheating people, but it was okay, he was working. <laughs> he called them, he called them. And then he now transported them into another business, more than double. Paul was very busy, championed the cause of God, as far as he understood. Killing people. And then he took him from there. You heard what he asked God? Huh? What would you have me do? I'm not an idle man. I am not what? An idle man. I'm a man on a mission. Tell me, why are you calling me? What work do you want me to do for you? I'm a businessman. What work do you want me to do for you? Is it to kill? That one is off. Which one again? <laughs> and the assignment that God gave to him, he excelled in it. And you know it. My friend, it's your season to look at your job, no matter how small, and give thanks to God and tell God, I know you, that you are going to multiply this one. You glorify yourself in this business. No matter how many people are there in the same business with you and what manner of money they command, you will make a difference. God is just waiting for you to just put some, a place somewhere and say, this is my office. What are you doing there? Garden X. I sell Garden X. This is my office. Where can we trace you? Just after the watch seller, if the watch woman doesn't come, you don't have an address. Just after the watch <laughs> That's all God is waiting for. And then he will now give you your double. In your land. I have placed emphasis on this one because many of us are misled. When we talk about prosperity, we think that the heavens will just open like this. Just like I thought when I started paying, when I got born again, when I paid tight, I, I, I woke up in the morning, I didn't see anything in the room. And everywhere I was going, my head was down like this, seeing maybe, maybe the money has dropped in front of me that I didn't see anything. So I went to my teacher and I said, I don't understand this thing now. They said they go to open windows of heaven and poor. They didn't come to my room. I've checked everywhere. The thing is not coming. And they had to explain the thing to me. <laughs> it is upon your work, the work of your hand, that he pours ideas to make you favor, to open the doors. And every one of us, here have something that we can do. Hmm? You are a student. Stop being a beggar. Don't be, don't, be, don't, be, don't be angry. Don't be angry. I'm used to anger. When people are angry with me, I feel better. It, it convinces me that I'm doing well. That what I said affected you, that's all. Students of your own level are selling things in their various, uh, what do you call it? Hostels. Several years ago in Nigeria, one copper service person went to a place where she came from, her hometown, a lot of tomatoes, a lot of palm oil. And he went to serve in the north, tomatoes there. So she decided to do some quick weekend, 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 weekend. Friday evening, she will carry her tomatoes from the north and go to the east and then pack pack um, palm oil back to the north like that after a few months she bought a pickup and her mates were looking for a job with certificates 
certificates, laminated certificates, MSc, BSc, diploma in education, all of them jammed together under the armpit. That's the office, armpit office. And he, he, she bought that thing. Where is she going to work again? That's the place now. And she began to export things. Young girl, she was in her 20s. Her story went round. But it happened in the state where I was. Went round. The final one I've told you also, a person finished university. In fact, two of them. One decided to fry Kose. You know what Kose is? The Yoruba is called the Akara. Huh. Where are you going to do this work? This man here, Bishop Ajiman, Bishop George Ajiman, was a pastor of the branch of the church at Elorin that time. So I had gone to visit him. And then he said, uh, Pastor, I want you to go and pray for somebody. Who is the person? I said, he said, job. Where's the job? I asked the fellow, where are you doing your work? He said, uh, he said, at the university campus. Where? That's where he graduated from. In place of learning, he's going to fry Kose, which is a... Can you stand the looks of people? He said, I'm ready. And to our amazement, he brought his card, complimentary card, fine and started frying the thing and started doing promo. If you buy this amount, I'll give you this. And students were buying. They were buying. And then he bought these tricycles with a, with a delivery can. And the people carried the thing. He employed other graduates who were roaming about. And they were carrying the Akara to us. The last one was the one who said he would sell firewood. It looks so bad in the eyes of people. I don't know why I'm emphasizing this thing today. It is upon your land that God will give you top. So don't say that you have, you have walked with the Lord for so long and nothing is happening. No, you are looking for an ultimate thing that will come later. It will do what? It will come later. Examine yourself. Must we work in the bank? They are talking, you say you read the banking and finance. Go and check in the banks how many people who are working there in banking and finance. It is history. History, archaeology, English language, sociology, psychology, odontology, odontology, Greek ancient civilization. They are the ones who are in the bank there, and they train them on the job. And you have first class in banking and finance. The moment they see your result, they say you won't last. They will can't train you because you will go away. That's why I see holding that certificate. And every year, you see carry it. Five years have gone. Anytime we come to church, we are praying, you put your certificate there. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus said, I've, talk, I've talked and talked to you. You don't want to hear. I said, drop this certificate. <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. And in their land, they shall have what? Double. That double portion is yours. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. That double portion is yours in the name of Jesus Christ. It is the turn of the Holy Ghost to do extraordinary things in our lives. As we release our spirit, 
great things, great ideas, great ideas, great ideas. When the ideas come, don't look down at yourself. The ideas are from the most high God. He's faithful. If you cannot operate it, he will not bring it your way. Get up and move out and do it. Whatever you have dropped, go back and do it. Go back and do what? And do it. I'll preach a message one day, go again. And a widow whose husband's the gratuity or whatever thing that they should get, uh, she's been going and they said the, the, the papers were missing and all manner of things. She got frustrated. So one day I preached a message, go again. I was preaching from First Kings. Go again. Go again. No matter what they told you, go again. That woman was very, very stupid. Well, very stupid. Very, very stupid because that crazy thing that I said, she believed it. Stupid woman. It takes stupid people to enjoy the blessings of God because they don't look at anything, they just go. She carried her papers, the doc documents from the husband, and then went to the ministry again. And I said, but we told you not to come here. He said, my pastor said, what did your pastor say? My pastor said, I'm breaking through this week. And that is on her lips or his lips. And he shouted it. Now let me tell you that one. We have gathered so much seed we don't sow. So much. You can quote the scriptures, but is there anything that was said that you believed and carried and dead the devil? The commissioner said, we said you shouldn't come again, madam. When we are ready, we call. He said, my pastor said, I should come again. Your pastor said, yes. Is your pastor working here? No. God told my pastor to say. So what he said is God that said, please, these are the documents. I need answer now. And she sat down. He said, get away. He said, my pastor said. Go away, my pastor said. Commissioner, you know, when they want to be dubious, they do this uh, uh, ear shorting. Room She sat there. One file appeared from somewhere. Filled this place. He said, wait, let me read it. She read. You know the woman? Mrs. Simon. <laughs> read it. And then minutes here, then minutes here. Yeah, commissioner also minutes here. Take it to room something. Call somebody, take it there. They took it there. Madam, come back next week. He said, I'll come tomorrow. <laughs> if you know that woman, that's what I'm talking about. I'll come here. He said, I'll keep on coming here until that week you are talking about. And I'll be here. I'm working here now. And once she came to give testimony in church, come and see the excitement. What she was looking for, they said the door had closed. But her pastor was stupid to have said, go again. And she was very foolish to have believed the pastor. What do you believe in your man of God? That you leave your man of God to go and look for a prophet to tell you what you must be doing. We are talking from God's word. Somebody is talking from his stomach and that's the one you want. In that little corner, something can spring forth. That little what? Achimota school that is so big like this was inside bush. But people came from all over to be there. Why are you looking at your circumstances? Where you live? There's nobody here. 
don't people move? They move. They move. And that's one of the reasons you are having, because you're not married now because the kind of person you're looking for is not here. You sit down, when you come, you look, you look, you look at all the men here, you look at them, nobody qualifies. This one don't have car. This one doesn't have car. Look, look, look at the car. What kind of car is this? So let me look for a bigger church. There will be some guys over there. You can't believe your God to bring your kind of man into this place. And can't you all have revelation that that fellow who is now on that motorbike is about to get a car? Can't you believe that one? Somebody should go and cook and serve and then come to eat. What kind of person are you? In your land, you have double. That is one work of the Holy Ghost. And you will not miss it this time around. In the name of Jesus Christ. You will not miss it. Whatever is due you that the enemy has taken, take back the things that belong to you. It's time for recovery. It is time for recovery. It is time for recovery. Now, can you give us verse 1 of Isaiah 61? And let's make our confessions now. Now, you are qualified to say that the Spirit of God is upon you. Say it as you wake up in the morning. The Spirit of God is upon me. When you sit at your desk, the Spirit of God is upon me. Say it. You don't have to feel it. You just have got to say it and believe it. Why? There is an assignment God has given to you, and that spirit is coming for you to do that which he has called you to do. Lift up your voice and begin to bless the name of the Lord. 